those of you that are in here, we could let's all stand. We'll have a word of prayer. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your grace. Your faithfulness, oh God. Amen, Lord. Your loving kindness. Lord, as we gather here in your name, we ask that you would look down upon us, that you would give us grace in your sight. Lord, as we're here to, amen, Lord, to hear your word, I pray that you administer, Lord, to us. God, you know every person in this room. You know every person, God. Every heart, Lord. You know our needs, God. So I pray, Lord, that you administer. Lord, as you see the need in every heart, God, let your word be a light. Let it shine, O oh Lord. Let it be, amen, our guide. Lead us, O oh Father. Amen, Lord. Let your light shine, God. Let it reveal, Father, in this place. As you know, Lord, every heart. I pray, God, have your way, Lord. Quicken us and lift us up that we can, amen, Lord. Abide with you, Lord, in your presence. Open up our ears that we may hear. Our eyes that we may see, Lord, and our hearts that we may be converted unto you, Lord, that we may love you, O oh God. Amen, Lord Jesus. Help us, O oh God. Minister unto us, Lord. All the needs that we have, Father, as you have directed us in your word. Cast our cares upon you because you care for us. So I pray that you would minister, Lord, to every household, every family, O oh Lord. Amen, God, as you know our needs, Lord, go before your people, make a way, God, that they can be able to live, O Lord, that they, O God, can be sustained, O Lord, to minister to our needs, our spiritual needs, O God, our material needs, and our financial needs. We pray that you are the Almighty God. Amen, Lord, that you, O Father, are watching over, and you're keeping us, O Lord. Bless your people, God, bless this work. Lord, help us, O oh God, that we can be, Lord, the people that you have called us to be. Let your light shine to us, O oh Lord, and help us that we can be a witness and a testimony unto you, God. Bind us together that we can be of one mind and of one spirit, in one accord, in one place together. Lord, amen, that we can have unity and harmony with you and with one another, O oh God. This we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let it be done, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, everybody. Hallelujah. Received a phone call yesterday and uh, was given a uh, report about what is taking place on the Pine Ridge Reservation, and uh, Brother Isaiah Keller, who all of you know, <clears throat> and another brother are uh, taking uh, on the responsibility of, of uh, Bible studies, and, and uh, they were recently down there for a couple of services, 
and he reported there are 44 people that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Wow. How many are baptized in Jesus' name? He said, but there, obviously, he said there's a hunger there. Yeah. So uh, we're going to try to work in conjunction with Brother Craig and uh, myself, this this fellowship. And of course, he made that he mentioned it to all those out there. So they are looking forward to, Amen. Uh, us being able to be there for them when we can get some services set up. So be in prayer about that. Yes. Uh, Brother Craig. Uh, is we'll be moving back. He was trying to make it this month, and then this next month it's going to look like he's pushing it back a month. So pray for him. He just kind of let me know his plans and everything that was going to take place, and his engagements are keeping him down. Uh, he's in Tennessee right now. He'll be in Tennessee, and then uh, uh, in the next couple of weeks, and then from there, I think uh, uh, back down to Arkansas. So pray for him that they can get moved up here and. and uh, as I said, we're going to be all working together to get things going out there Amen. on the Rosebud and on the Pine Ridge. Yes. So. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know if anybody has uh, uh, been aware of what has taken place over there in Wilmore, Kentucky in the past week and a half. Uh, it was almost like uh, uh, the experience that they had at the beginning of the 20th century when the Lord poured out the Holy Ghost on Azusa Street. Of course, that revival took place for three years from 1906 to 1909. God did a wonderful work and amen. people were being filled with the Holy Ghost. And of course, that brought people to the understanding of water baptism in Jesus' name. Uh, since they already were filled with the Holy Ghost, and that took place over there on the Asbury campus in Wilmore. And from there, it, it kind of branched off into several other places, which it's still going at at this present time, which is really good. Yes. Uh, we know we know a couple of the brethren that were there on that campus that ministered to those uh, people that were there. And as he said, I reported last week, that he said it was just like uh, experiencing the book of Acts. He said, and when they preached the word of God, he said, the Holy Ghost fell. He said, people start speaking in tongues when they receive the Holy Ghost. He said, and then they actually did take a number of them and baptize them in this swimming pool at the motel. So, uh, but things are going. But there was one thing that he said that uh, kind of caught my attention. And he said, the atmosphere... The atmosphere there was such that he said God was there, the presence of the Lord was there. You can feel it mightily. He said, but one thing that was very obvious, he said God was in control, mm -hmm. and we were not. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Amen. And you think about that, that struck something with me. He said, because we're all stuck in our little mm -hmm. Pentecostal apostolic boxes, and, yeah. and we have, we're very opinionated as far as God is concerned. And he said that was the one thing that struck me. He said that God was in control. We weren't in control. God was in control. Yeah. Yeah. So the best thing we could do is just move with the Spirit. Yes. And uh, he said that's what needs to happen. That's the reason why this revival is taking place. So, Amen. You think about that. That's kind of Amen. I believe is every situation, and and of course. 
being a pastor and a minister is having that burden for the work of God and yes. for the people of God to be able to see and experience, amen, what God has in store for us. But there's a certain uh, extent that we all seem to be uh, comfortable with and, and, and we're comfortable there and we just, we're, it's afraid for us to step out of that and go beyond that, go beyond whatever it is and, and just step into the area that God is moving in. Um, of course, everything we're not going to be able to control. We don't have control. God has control. Yeah, yeah. Makes you think about what happens to us when we come together. And how much, you know, how much we really, in ourselves, hinder the move of God. Because yeah. we come and we're very opinionated. We're used to things happening a certain way. Yeah. And if there's anything, if we want to try to get some kind of insight and, and understanding is we need to take a look at the scripture and realize and understand that of course the spirit of God moves in a certain way and what we have to do is we have to align ourselves up to the way that the spirit of God is moving yeah. right. and not what we think should happen because yeah. we all have our idea about revival right. yeah. what needs to happen and everything like that but God has amen a deeper insight and how he wants to move, and you think about that. And my myself, <clears throat> I believe this. In order for that to happen, the church has to come alive. Yes. Church has to come alive. Turn your attention with me to the first book of Peter, chapter four, verse number six. And let you get there. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter four, verse number six, it says, For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. <laughs> you read that, it's almost... I know some people kind of have a little difficult time understanding, interpreting that. Here he's talking about, you know, the gospel was preached also to them that are dead. Dead. Some people, the first thing that probably comes in their mind is this. When they hear the word dead, they're talking, they, they can, in their mind, picture a corpse or a dead body. But that's not really what he's speaking about. He's speaking about a person who obviously their heart's beating. Just because our heart's beating doesn't mean, yeah, we are physically alive. <laughs> we are physically existing. <laughs> we have a physical existence. But yet, 
because of where we are, where we are in our spiritual, in whatever spiritual condition determines if we're either dead or alive. And that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the dead. Obviously, he means people that are dead in their sins. Dead in their sins. So what does that mean? Well, we know this. When the Lord spoke to Adam and Eve and he said, he gave them the commandment, he said, of every tree in the garden you may freely eat. I'm paraphrasing. But the tree that is in the midst of the garden, you may not eat of it, because in the day that you eat of it, he said, ye shall surely die. He was talking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, I, I, I want to give you some, some understanding because a lot of people, you know, when they, when they interpret that particular scripture and what happened and to Adam and Eve after Eve went and, amen, disobeyed God, the word of God, and she, the, the serpent beguiled her and deceived her, so she took the apple, and well, people say it's an apple, but we don't know it was apple, it was a fruit. And, and they took of that, she took of that fruit, she ate of it. Now let me tell you something. There wasn't anything that was in that fruit. A lot of people think that there was something mystical about it. Something was in that fruit that made her, like he said, her eyes were open, but guess what? Her eyes were open, obviously, to sin because she lost her innocence. So it wasn't anything that was in that fruit that caused that. What caused it was her disobedience. Yes. She disobeyed God's word. So because she disobeyed God's word, she allowed Amen's sin to come in and to defile her. That's what changed her. So as a result of that act of disobedience, guess what? Sin came into her life. So because sin came into her life, guess what? She, as a result of sin coming into her life, she was separated from God. Hallelujah. So, so we understand that. So that's why he says, uh, obviously, if you don't know that by now, when that took place, because the Lord kept his promise, in the day that you eat of that fruit, ye shall surely die. Everybody, you know, one time a person asked me, they said, why, why, you know, I, I know the Bible says that the Lord is not a man that he should lie. He said, why is it that when Eve ate that fruit, she never died? <laughs> and you know my answer was I said yes she did they said why, why was she still why did she see an Adam why were they still alive after that I said listen to this I said she died spiritually so because of sin she was separated from God she was no more guess what she lost that amen she lost that connection with God because she disobeyed his word now let me tell you something. Let me let me ask all of you that think that it's okay just to disobey God a little. 
Human, human thinking is, oh, it won't hurt. But the concept is this. When you disobey God, you're going to sever your relationship with him. Why? Because that's something that he doesn't want you to do. He wants you to maintain your relationship with him. So as a result, guess what happens? Of course, the Bible says about uh, sin, the wages of sin is what? Death. Death. So when we talk about the wages of sin being death, obviously we need to understand the types of death that the scriptures teach us speaking about. So when we understand the types of death, of course, the first death that ever occurred in the world. Everybody listening? Was spiritual death. How do you how do you know that? How do you assess that? Well, look what happened. As soon as that happened, and then, of course, Adam Adam took to the fruit, he ate. And, of course, the same thing happened to Adam, and they realized something. Oh, man, guess what we did? We disobeyed God's word. So guess what happened? Immediately after that sin, and, of course, the Lord was gracious, and the Lord covered their sin. But after he covered their sin, guess what he, he did? In order to keep them from living in sin for eternity because they would have access to the tree of life. And that's what he didn't want them to do. He said, you know what we're going to have to do? He said, we're going to have to evict them out of paradise. And so they were separated from God. Wow. Spiritual death. So that's why they lived. But did you realize this? Spiritual death, eventually because they walked away from God, they walked away from the source of life. Death, because of sin, death came in. So as a result, guess what? They began to die slowly. Amen. Because they were dead spiritually. So spiritual death led to, eventually down the road, physical death. So that's why we die. If that wasn't the truth, why do we age? Body gets older, the body's decaying, body's getting older. So, obviously, we are experiencing that. That's physical death. But there's going to become a day when, a day when, one day, guess what? Your spirit is going to be separated from your body. Right. Amen. That's right. Physical death. We don't even know. The scripture says in the, in the book of Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel, excuse me, in the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, when when Solomon was talking about all these things about life, and then he talked about death. Death happens to every person, all of us in here. Death is that's something that you and I, and I, and I guarantee you, some of you, maybe when you think about it right away, because you don't know God, there's a little bit of fear in you because you don't know what happens when death occurs. But you know what the Bible says? You know what Solomon said? 
that to all of us there is no discharge in that war. In other words, the war against death. None of us, no, neither of us can escape it on our own. And of course, physical death, eventually, one day, one day, there's a lot of people that are going to experience the second death. Huh? Let me read the scripture. Uh, uh, go with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. And verse number 8. So you, you know what I'm saying here. So praise God you can understand. But Ecclesiastes, and just bear with me. Because we are going and we're, we're, we're getting going and we are going. We're on the way. And hopefully this will enlighten you as far as your understanding. Why the Bible says this. Ecclesiastes 8. And, uh, and I believe it's in verse number 8 it says there is no man that has power over the spirit to retain the spirit <laughs> you see that you cannot now when you read that you, obviously what he's talking about the whole context of this particular passage he's talk, obviously talking about death so when that day comes, whenever that day comes, we don't know what it is. Man, that's something, isn't it? Yes. When you don't know the day of your physical death. When we were born into sin, we were already born into spiritual death. But that's something. So you see there, he said, neither hath he power in the day of death, and there's no discharge in that war. You cannot be discharged from this. Everybody. <laughs> Neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. So everybody. There's not one person That's right. exempt. That's right. Amen. 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 So that's what happens as far as physical death. But physical death eventually will lead to the second death in Revelation 20:14. And you read there, and it says uh, in Revelation 20, 14, these are just so, so you can see here. At the end of the book, he says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Now, now here's something. I don't know if I... If I, 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 I here's the thing. And, and I'm not trying to rub it in. Not intentionally. But this is a, a very sobering thought when it comes to death. Of course, remember, spiritual death, physical death, and then the second death. Can you imagine being separated from your loved ones for eternity? That's a reality. How many of you love your love your husband? How many of you love your wife? How many of you love your children? How many of you love your your grandparents? How many of you love your brothers and sisters? 
something that God did when he, amen, when he structured the family. We're all built together. We're all built to live together. We all have that relationship, companionship. But guess what? Can you imagine being separated from your loved ones for eternity? That's something, isn't it? Yes. That's a long time, eternity. That's forever. Right. Amen. Forever. There's a day I'm hoping I've lived my life striving for the hope of the gospel of my life, the day yes. that I'm hoping for, that one day I'm going Amen. to see my mother, one day I'm going to see my father, Amen. all the loved ones that have gone on before me, one day I'm going to reunite with them. Yeah. Why? Because... Amen. Because Jesus set us free right. from the sting of death. Amen. But can you imagine being separated for eternity? That's a long time, isn't it? Amen. And I'm a family man. What about you? I like my family around me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping we'll all get there together. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Okay. Why is this so important? Okay. Uh, for this cause, the gospel was preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. According to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. The gospel was preached to the dead. Those that are dead in their sins. When you're dead in your sins, you're not alive unto God. So what, what causes us to be dead to God? Now here's something interesting. Listen to this. When you're dead to God, you're alive to sin. Huh? That's right. Does that make sense? Yes. When you're dead to God, you're, you're, you're alive to sin. In other words, you live, you live in sin. But when you're alive to God, you're dead to sin. Yes. Kind of. I hope that doesn't. Amen. Uh, overload your brain. <laughs> You can think about that because that's that's a concept and a principle. Listen to this. Paul said this Romans chapter 7. Uh, go to Romans chapter 7. And uh, Romans chapter 7, this is what it, this is what it says in Romans chapter 7, verse number 5. It says this. It says, For when we were in the flesh. You notice how Paul is writing this to the church at Rome? He's using were, past tense. <laughs> when we were in the flesh, were in the flesh, the motions of sins. You notice, he doesn't say S-I-N, he says S-I-N-S. The motions of sins, the movement of sin which were by the law 
did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto what? Death. death. So obviously the wages of sin is death, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So when we live in sin, guess what's going to happen? The Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, so also shall he reap. Yes. So if we sow to sin, guess what we're going to reap? <laughs> death. The motions of sin. You read in verse 25 there in the same chapter. Verse 25. He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Now, now look what Paul is saying here. He's talking about that struggle that you and I have. Let me tell you something. We all face this every day that we awake. Yes. We all face the struggle with our flesh. Yes. But I want to tell you something about your flesh. Paul said there's not one good thing in our flesh. Yes. So how can we put any stock in the flesh when there's nothing good in it? And so that's what the Apostle Paul was talking about. He said, I thank God through G through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I may I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So he's making a distinction here. He's speaking as a person that is carnally minded. Because what did Jesus say when he was talking to his disciples? He said, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. In their mind, and that's what Paul was just talking about as he, this whole chapter. In his mind, he was talking about that war between his mind and his spirit and his flesh. The good things that I want to do, I cannot do them. And the, and, the, and the bad things that I don't want to do, I do them. Why is that? Because of the law of sin and death that is in your members. And that's what he's talking about here. He's making, amen, that argument. He's saying, hey, and see, that's, here, let me tell you something. That's where every person is before they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Right. That's right. Am I making any sense? Yeah. Amen. That's where every person is. That's the way some of us still operate in that, in that realm with that mentality. That's why God is kind of seems like he's, out of reach. It's hard to live for God. But it's so easy to live in sin. <laughs> Think about that. That's the nature of sin. So we see this. Of course, for the wages of sin is death. We know that. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. You might as well Write it down that if you allow yourself to be a sinful creature, the only thing that you can look forward to is death. Amen. Right. Amen. That's right. Because you're already spiritually dead. Yes. There's going to be a day when you will die physically. And if you don't get your heart right with God before you die, you're, gonna, you're going to experience the second death. Yes. Woo! To me, just understanding that, just with that yes. little bit of understanding, Amen. I mean, makes me want to say, hey, come on, I need to get with it. Right. I need to take the Word of God seriously. Amen. Amen. 
Yes. I need to quit fooling around. Yes. Amen. Amen. I guarantee you, if we if we all came alive in Jesus, let me tell you something. There would be a big difference in your life. The way you live, the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you look, everything about you would change. You would be alive. Guess what? Amen. You wouldn't be dead in your sins. Guess what? You would be where life is. Yes. Right. I guarantee you, I wouldn't have any problem with anybody coming to church. Right. If they were truly living for God. Amen. That's right. That's right. Amen. Because that's the first thing. That's what, you know what Jesus said? If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That's just the way the Spirit moves, and that's just the way the Spirit operates. But praise God, he knows so much about that. I'll just stay away from that for a moment, but. You think about that. That's the way the Spirit will lead you. Can you imagine driving? Uh, well, we lived in White River back then. I'm going to say it was like 465. I can't remember. It's been a, a long while. From White River to Denver, Colorado. After we moved back from Denver, Colorado, we used to kind of stay in contact with everything. But every time... There was a revival. We knew revival was one. We tried to make that trip down. And can you imagine driving 465 miles? If I remember that, that's right. Around 465 miles just to go to church. Amen. You were blessed. Amen. And a lot of people say, Amen. You're crazy. Well, you drive miles and miles and miles. Right. Right. Out of the way. Yes. Amen. We used to drive, what, 35, 40 miles to the bootleggers. Out of the way. Huh? Out of the way. Come on. Why am I, why am I saying that? Look at the comparison. Yes. Amen. So I'm glad. The Apostle Paul said this in Ephesians 2.1. And you hath he quickened. He's made you alive. How did he do that? The Holy Ghost. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. He hath made you alive. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. So let me tell you something. Let's take a look at it. Let's be... Amen. Technical here. Who were dead? Past tense. We were dead when we lived in sin, but we are not dead any longer. Why? Because he's quickened us. He's made us alive. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 13. And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Let me tell you something. Quickened together with him. Guess what? What does that mean? Paul said he quickened us and raised us up to sit together with him. What is he talking about? He's talking about the realm of the kingdom of heaven, the, the spiritual realm, the Holy Ghost. He's quickened us and he's raised us up together to sit with him. In other words, we could have fellowship with Jesus because he's made us alive. Amen. 
That's a that's a spiritual connotation. He's pointing us to 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 realize the reality of what it is that we have been experiencing a new birth. We're lifted. We're lifted up together. We're quickened and we're lifted up together. That's what happens. Let me tell you something. Boom. In a moment, we're elevated. We take the elevator ride. We're raised up together because that's what it means. Elevated. Here we are in the heavenlies. We can feel the Holy Ghost, can't we? It's different. It's different than where we used to be. Down here. Okay? So you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him. So we're quickened together, having forgiven you all trespasses. He has forgiven us all our trespasses. Man, let me tell you something. Why is it? And we're like this. Human beings are like this. Why is it when we get to that point where we're being just, we're feeling, uh, as Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes, whenever we experience all the disparities of life and everything that comes with it, all the negativism, all the weight of it, guess what happens? It comes back to us. We can feel the weight of it. We can feel that there's nothing good about it. And you know what happens? He says, there's vexation of spirit. In other words, your spirit is troubled. Some of you go through that at times. Amen. Once in a while, when, when you stop long enough to, amen, from all the distraction, and you know that you, you're not in the place you used to be, you feel conviction, you feel vexation of spirit. Amen. Why? Because God's dealing with you. Amen. So you have that moment where that is, that vexation of spirit. What are we supposed to do about it? We're supposed to, amen, humble ourselves. Amen. There's a reason why God allows you to experience that. And it seems like it's always just a short-lived moment. We're given that. He's allowing you to feel where you are spiritually. Man, it's not good. It is not good. You know what? I used to, you know, people, you know, what really bothers me? I drive down Main Street. Right on the corner, you get past Dakota and Maine. First building, not about not the salon, but that first building right next after that salon. You see that? What is it called? Dakota Herbs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pot shop. Yeah, the pot shop. Yeah. And I remember, I remember one time we had to go to a, a community meeting, Rosebud Community Meeting, because they were they were actually thinking about allowing you know access to certain. Uh, Places like that, and they were talking about it, Rosewood community. So, so my 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 supervisor, she said, "I won't be able to make that meeting. You think you can go? Okay. You can go, and you could you could just give a presentation on the use of marijuana and everything." I said, "Yeah, I'll go. I was I'm, I'm well versed in it. Uh, I I studied about it. People like to call it a herb. Let me tell you something." It's not a herb. No, it's not. Any, any plant that can alter your mind and your feelings, it's not a herb. It's a drug. So my argument, first of all, to all those people was because someone said, there's no harm in it, it's a herb. I said, no, no. I said, that's where you are not really understanding 
a lot about it. So I, I broke it down, everything, the THC levels, everything pertaining to it, even what they call the hemp oil. I broke it all down. I said, you know what? And, and I said, if it was an herb, if it was an herb, how come you can't give it up? Right. Amen. Amen. We eat herbs. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We don't, you don't see us. That's right. That's right. Amen. That's right. So it's a mind-altering substance, and, you know, it's a gateway drug. So that will lead you. So that's what happened to me. It led me on to more use, and I would, you know, that would, you know, Bring my mind to a certain, like a lot of people said, it actually helps you become wiser. <laughs> really? Wow. I haven't met. Why, why is it, if that's the case, why is it when people get, you know, high on marijuana, why is it this, your actions just like. And their only response, here's wisdom. Wow, man. That's right. Yeah, that's the wisdom. Amen. How do we get on this? You and I need to understand something. I'm glad I have understanding. I'm glad that God has given us insight so we can know, we can understand, we can even discern what's wrong with us. We can't even discern. We have the Holy Spirit. We've been filled with the Spirit of God. We can't even discern. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that the Spirit of God, amen, doesn't have that ability. It sure does. But if we ever come to that point where we can allow the Spirit of God to have liberty in our lives, we would understand. He would enlighten you. Yes. He would give you spiritual understanding. He would give you revelation. Right. Right. He would give you Amen. knowledge, Amen. spiritual knowledge and wisdom. Amen. But what is it? What is it that is, what is the, the very thing that keeps us from, and hinders us from, from having that kind of experience in our life? Remember, we're still human beings. We're still mortal beings. Remember that. So because we're still mortal, we're always going to be battling with this right here. This is going to be the very thing that I believe is going to be a factor in whether you make the rapture or not. This thing right here. Let me tell you something. You can overcome the world. You can overcome Satan. But what you need to do is overcome this right here. Let me tell you something. What did Paul say? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Right. Amen. 
That's right. Amen. Why is it we tend to think that the Word of God, we, we don't know? The only reason why I think we don't know is because we don't read. Yeah. We don't listen. Yeah. Right. We don't right. put we don't apply it yeah. to our lives. And so if, if you really did, if you really did, guess what? You would be an overcoming man. You would be yeah. woo. <laughs> you would be happy. Yeah. Yes. You would just be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. You would be full of joy. Yeah. You would have peace. It's amazing. Everything that's going on around you, man, that will maintain your walk with God. You just like, you know God is in control. Man, I tell you what. But how how come we can never really fully comprehend? Uh, Paul said this. Now listen to this. Uh, This is the favorite passage of Scripture since we're talking about sin. In Galatians chapter 5, verse number 17, he said, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. That's what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 7. The flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. So the, your flesh is contrary to the spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is contrary to your flesh. It's like there is that struggle. Just like, mm. And here we think, oh, what, what is it? It's really complicated. No, it's not. It's not complicated. Look at all these. Look, look what he says. Remember Paul said the motions of sin? The motions of sins in our body? Remember we read that? Romans 7, 5? The motions of sins which were by the law did work in our members? Remember we read that. Look what he says. Amen. He says this in verse number 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. The works of the flesh. You see that? These are the works of the flesh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. That's not all of them. That's why he said such like. Of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Woo. So here we are. <laughs> what's, what's going to be the very thing that's going to make the difference? Here we are. Here we are. What's going to be the very thing that's going to catapult us to spiritual power? Well, look what he says in verse number 18. But if ye be led of the Spirit, 
ye are not under the law. <laughs> Listen to me now. I've learned this over the years. If you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. In other words, guess what? The law is not going to judge you. Now, here, here's something. That's the Word of God. Did you realize this? Why is it that when we're, we're in a place in our mind, if you're up there, if you're in a place in your mind, right up here, whatever, wherever you are in your mind, whatever you're thinking is, is going to be the way you are right here in your heart and your spirit. So the, what you think up here is going to definitely relate to where you are right here. Yes. Your situation. So whenever we think about judgment, whenever when, we, when people think that, you know, a, a lot of people say, why, why is it, you know, why are you judging me? And, we, and because of that judgment, we feel condemnation. You know why that is? You're under the law. Yep. You're under the law. Yep. And why are you under the law? Because obviously... Guess where you are? Guess where your domain is right now? It's your flesh. Yes. You're living in the flesh. Yes. So therefore, you feel that. And, and you know, it's always the same. It's always the same response everybody has. Oh, don't judge me. Well, nobody's judging you. <laughs> It's what you're feeling. And the reason why you're feeling it is because you're under the law. You're, you're not in the Spirit. So, so if you think about it, if you think about it, if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. You won't be judged by the law. Uh, 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 praise God. So that's what, it's, that, that's what it means. Uh, in, in verse number uh, 20, 23, it says, Against such there is no law. He's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. If you if you if you're in that place with in, having the fruit of the Spirit, Amen, manifest in your life. He says, against such there is no law. Guess what? The law cannot judge you. Why? Because you have the fruit of the Spirit. Right. Against such there is no law. So we're free from it. Free from judgment. Man, it feels good to be free from judgment. Yes. The only place that you can feel that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Okay? So here's the thing. We need to understand this. It's, it's simple, yet it's profound. Yes. It's simple, yet profound. Where we have problems is understanding the concept. Now listen to this. The concept of obedience. We already know the concept of disobedience. True. Yeah. We already understand that concept really well. We're good at it. Yes. Disobeying. Yes, we are. But to understand the concept of obedience, that's where that's where it's at. That's right, that's where it hinges right there. Okay? Along with obedience comes humility. And along with humility comes submission. People don't understand what it is to really be free. But in order for us to be free, we need to understand that that concept of obedience is going to lead us to that place. And in the process, you're going to be humble. Yeah. Yeah. 
Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Submit yourselves one another to one to another. That's a concept. Inside that concept and principle, guess what? There is the presence of God. There is the power of God in your life. But here's the thing. It's as simple as this. People have this. When it comes to that very place where, where, man, you know what it's all about now. You've been informed. You're well aware. Lights are going off and you're seeing it. You're going, wow. But it all hinges on what you do with it. It all hinges on you saying, okay, Lord. Quit struggling. I do my best to try it. The Bible says the servant of the Lord must be meek gentle, apt to teach. Oh, I said, Lord, that's a tough part about this job. (laughs) Because you have to put up with people's attitudes. You have to put up with their spirit. Sometimes, guess what? Good percentage of the times, they're not all there. They're self-willed. Yeah, and then Listening or hearing. Not even listening. Right. Not hearing. Mm-hmm. Selective hearing. Mm-hmm. I'll just hear what I want to hear. Yeah. It's like little Lana, she gets, when Papa irritates her, that's what she does. She shuts Papa off. I frustrated more. I just get up to her anyway. Smooch the heck out of her. That's what I say. I'm just going to smooch the heck out of you. But we we have learned. We have learned. That is, that's a habit we all have. We don't even think about it. We just, boom. Stop right there. This is the furthest I'm going. Huh? I'm putting my foot down right now. I'm not going any further. And Paul says, but if ye be led of the Spirit, if you're led of the Spirit, that's the thing, the Spirit will lead you. He will lead you. You read that, I'm running out of time, so let's go there really fast. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 8. Favorite, favorite scripture verse when it talks about, you know, when we talk about uh, what it takes. Verse 25 of 7 was not a, was, was a, you know, not really a, 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 a absolute conclusion. Paul was just saying that that's human nature. Human nature says, with my mind I'll serve Christ, but with my flesh I'm going to serve sin. But he goes on, he goes on to the next chapter. So he says this in verse number, read, read verse number 5 in chapter 8, and, and you'll see this. Look what he says. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. It's pretty simple. It's pretty black and white, isn't it? But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. 
So where you are in your mind, that's where you're going to be. If you're after the flesh, you're going to mind the things of the flesh. If you're after the spirit, you're going to mind the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Oh, look at the difference. Hallelujah. So then they that are in the flesh, look what it says. If you're in the flesh, you cannot please God. Let's read that again. For they that are in the flesh, for they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh. Why is Paul saying that? Because he's speaking to a bunch of Holy Ghost filled saints of God. Amen. Amen. That's right. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. If the Spirit, if, 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 if the Spirit of God dwells in you, lives in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So that's all coming with being led. That's all coming with being led. Look what he says, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. In other words, guess what Paul's saying? We don't owe the flesh nothing. Right. Wow. I don't owe my flesh anything. Why? I got the Holy Ghost. Amen. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Wow. Man. That's just, that's just simply put, that's just elementary. That's just, that's what it is. That's where, that's where it is right now. Man, I can't believe it's already, I ran out of time. I'm not even done. We'll stop here for today. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to take a break and then uh, we're going to be, be dedicating three more little people this afternoon. So. God bless you. We'll see you.